Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. Never shut up. Never shut up. Never shut up. Good morning, everybody. Today is Monday, February 5th, 2024. I'm your host, Ephraim Jr., and today we pulled Cloud Riders. Well, hello. It's good to be back here in this safe space. First thing on a Monday morning. Hi. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. I hope that everything you did was enjoyable or you found some value in it. I hope that you found some value in the things that you did this weekend, whether it was rest, whether it was work. I hope you found value in it. Sometimes the only value you can find is financial. You know, like sometimes you got to work for the money, but there is a value to that. Good morning. Happy Monday. I'm feeling, you know, I'm a little chilly. It's a little cold in my house. I've had some coffee. I drink iced coffee exclusively, so that doesn't help with the chill, but you know, whatever, it's fine. Good morning. Oh, I sure have missed you. <laughs> I sure have missed doing this. I think Rose is killing it, but it makes me long for the old days. No, you remember the old days? The olden days. I watched a play this weekend. Oh my God, I have to tell you this. And we'll talk about Cloud Riders. But I watched a play this weekend. One of my teens from, I taught him for several years, for like probably four years. I think I met him when he was a freshman. And now he's a sophomore in college. My God. He was, he wrote a play that was in a five minute play festival. Uh, or a five, like a one act, a night of one act plays by that college. And so I went to the theater and I was watching this night of one act plays. And luckily it wasn't his play. I thought his play was really insightful and thoughtful. I thought it was one of the best best plays of the evening. But there was this other play, God bless. And you have to remember, these are kids, they wrote these plays, uh, 18, 19, 20 year olds. But in this one play, it's a five minute play, you can't really get too deep. But in this one play, this girl, you know, she's a nurse, this woman, she, she's a She's obviously a teen actor. She's like 18, 19, 20. So she's a nurse and she's sitting out in the rain on this bench and her dead friend comes to her and she's like, Margaret, what was it like when you died? Like, did you have this like great understanding of life? And what I thought was really profound was that the dead character, Margaret, was like, you know what? I realized when I died that I was all ages all at once, that I was carrying the uh, wonder of being a three-year-old in me at all times and that I was carrying the heartbreak of being a 23-year-old when I first had my heart broken, I carried that inside and I carried the wisdom that I had at the end of my life. I carried that inside my body as well. And I thought that was, you know, I thought that was really profound. I thought that that was a really great way to express that thought. So anyhow, the play continues and the nurse is like, you know, Margaret, I just don't feel, I'm so miserable. I just don't feel like I'm living my purpose. You know, I really... I really just am not, I don't, I'm not having a good time here, Margaret. I need the secret, basically. It was a really dramatic play. I'm, I'm laughing because of the moment, but Margaret was like, well, then change it, change it. You can change it right now. You can change it right now. And the girl looks at her. She says, Margaret, I'm 35. As if to say, I might as well have one foot in the grave now, Margaret. Margaret, there's no point in changing my life. I'm 35. I'm practically dead. And so (laughs) I live with that moment I actually flipped off the stage at that moment like secretly I was like fuck yeah (laughs) under my program of course because I didn't want to I just you know when you're 18 35 does seem old as fuck but as I approached the tender age of 35 as it's I see it rearing its head around the corner I'm realizing it's not old at all and these kids how adorable they were how adorable we all were at the beginning of our life and i think that ties into cloud riders because i was trying to understand this last verse i'm going to take you through two stories about cloud riders one that i think is in the song and one that i think is uh, well i know is not in the song 
I was trying to understand this last verse. Carved a stave against the grain. This song comes from her 2017 album, Native Invader. So we all remember where we were the first moment we heard it, right? I do. But carved a stave against the grain at the nine doors to gain the secrets of trees once I could hear them singing. From the other side, back then the thunder gods, they used to cast our lots. But then I lost touch close to when her chariot from the other side, a chariot pulled by cats purring will be returning from the other side. Girl, it's time you take back your life. That verse really struck me. It's always struck me. It's my favorite part of the song, that whole just uh, tongue-twisting wordplay. It's not tongue-twisting, really, but it's winding. It's like the path of the chariot pulled by cats is taking, the wa- the windingness of that thought. So let's break it down. Carved a stave against the grain at the nine doors to gain the secrets of trees once I could hear them singing. Once I could hear the trees had wisdom. Once I knew that the trees had wisdom, I carved a stave at the nine doors. And then the nine doors of Midgard, um, it's a curriculum of rune work. I was looking at this book. The nine doors of Midgard are the gateways to self-transformation and mastery through the runes. Now, that's something I don't know anything about. And maybe someone out there, uh, perhaps a rose crest, might want to teach us what that means one day. But I don't know. I'm going to have to buy this book, obviously. And I will know before we get to the Cloud Riders episode. We've got 400 years. But... It was really interesting that she had to like have this conversation or had to like fight to gain this awareness or the self carving a stave. A stave is like a sword, like a like a staff, you know, like a, a weapon. It's not a weapon, but it's like a staff, right? You could use a staff as a weapon, but it's like a you're carving a stave. You're really fighting to gain this. This is how I take it. You're really fighting to gain this transformation and this wisdom, this self-transformation, this wisdom, the wisdom of trees, the the wisdom that they have of like the all knowing or just like being really in communication with nature. Just really being in communication with nature, like really grounded in your sense of self, really grounded in the world around you. And then she had to fight for that. But she continues on to say the thunder gods back then, which I assume has something to do with the nine runes or the nine doors of the runes. Back then, the thunder gods, you know, Thor, you know, hot Vincent D'Onofrio from from Adventures in Babysitting. But she says gods, plural. So imagine there's like five Vincent D'Onofrio's and that little tank top, you know, when they do that, oh my God, when they pull up in Adventures in Babysitting, stick with me here, when when they start from his boots and they go up his like long muscular legs and then they cut away right when they get to his crotch, they cut away at the face of like the kids and then they go back after they've already passed the crotch. Oh, don't think I haven't noticed that for years. Anyway, they cut back after they've passed the crotch, right like at his abdomen, up his beautifully built torso, his muscular arms to his long blonde wig (laughs) and you know he's thor imagine imagine five of those the thunder gods or why stop there imagine 10 i don't know how many thunder gods there were but i imagine there were 10 vincent d'onofrio's back then they used to cast our lots meaning we probably had more respect for them more reverence towards them and that they controlled our lives or that we perhaps modeled our lives after the weather. You know, we we modeled our lives after nature, after the environment. Back then, they used to cast our lots. But then I lost touch. Now, it gets circuitous here, close to when her chariot from the other side, close to when her chariot... So I take from the other side as a refrain that comes in. So I'm going to take that out of the sentence just for now. Close to when her chariot 
a chariot pulled by cats. That's like in commas, in between commas. You know, it's a descriptor. But then I lost touch close to when her chariot, a chariot pulled by cats, purring will be returning. That's to me a full sentence, even though it's kind of missing. It's kind of missing the like pop of the sentence. I'm not quite sure what the sentence is. And you can even continue the sentence, purring will be returning, girl, it's time you take back your life. But I feel like those are two different sentences and two different times that these cats said this to her. So I feel like back then I lost touch close to when the cats pulling the chariot left my life. But they said we'll be returning, we'll come back. And now it's time to take back my life. Now it's time to have that self-transformation to really get to the heart of what this human experience is. I think that that's that's how I take it. And frankly, there are so few empowering sentiments to me in Tori's music at this stage of my life, more than, girl, it's time you take back your life. That is so moving to me. That is so powerful to me. When I heard, so now the second story, when I heard this song, for the first time, of course, it was the day that it was released. Of course, I was counting down. You remember 72, 48, 36, 24, 12, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. You remember the number countdown that she did on her Instagram? Um, <laughs> 72. When this song finally came out, my God, I was in a dark, nah, I was in a, I was in a hot place. I was living in Nebraska. I was living in Central America, the Great Plains, as it were. I was living in Nebraska. This song, I'm gonna, you have to, you have to just hear me out. This song changed my life. And I know I say that a lot. Sometimes I'm lying. <laughs> sometimes I'm not. But sometimes I'm not. And this is one of those times I'm not. Because this song, I was living in the Great Plains of Nebraska. I had not hit rock bottom, I guess. I had really it's really hard to be a freelance director or a freelance theater artist in Los Angeles. And I had done it for a very long time since I graduated grad school. And, you know, sometimes you have other side hustles. You have other jobs. You know, I would always have, like, seasonal work somewhere. I got a job. You know, I was working at a bar. I worked at, I worked at several bars. I worked at a restaurant. You know, like, you have the side jobs in order to make your theater dreams a reality. But she was tired and she was kind of over theater anyway. And so there's just, I, I hit a, a wall. I was like, what am I doing? Like, I don't want to live like this. I never just, everything is so hard. And so my friend, so, and then Tori was touring. Don't forget, Tori was touring in, starting in September, at the end of September for the U.S. Native Invader Tour. And I knew that that was coming. And it was coming up on February, March. I th I'm sure the tour dates had been announced already. Maybe not. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I feel like they'd already been announced. So my friend had, she was running a program in Nebraska called Upward Bound, which is a federally funded program for first-generation college students. Great. Amazing. So... Unfortunately, that year, 2017, uh, the whole program was federally defunded <laughs> thanks to, you know, I hate to say his name, trigger warning, Ronald Trump. Because of him, the whole program had been federally defunded. So this program was going away in this community that still probably really needs this program and did need it and does. So anyhow, I got hired knowing that it was very short. Basically, the program was going to end August 31st nationwide maybe not nationwide, maybe like in certain areas, but this program is definitely going to end here. And so it was really easy. It was really just like a pocket of time 
I got there in April and I stayed to the end of August knowing that it was just going to be over. And I was like, what a perfect opportunity to have this experience, get to hang out with my friend who I haven't seen in years, hang out with her all summer. And then a few weeks after that, go on Torema's tour. And I thought that that it, it just worked out. And I was so grateful. And I'm still to this day grateful for my friend. She's amazing. She gave me this opportunity to go do that job, work in a college setting for my first experience, which activated an absolute love of educational theater and also like realizing that that is kind of what I'm good at, that that is my purpose almost in life. Although, you know, this is also my purpose, but that's really a greater purpose for me in my life. One of my greater callings, I feel like I'm a really good theater educator for that population. High school seniors, college freshmen, like that level. I had I didn't know that before. This job really taught me that. And I'm so grateful to, I'm grateful to her forever for all time for that experience because it moved me into where I'm at now. Anyhow, during that summer, oh my god, living in Can I be honest here? No one's listening, right? Just us, just you and me, just you and me, cutie. Okay, I had Okay, I moved to the Great Plains. Okay. You have to understand the gay lifestyle for me to tell you this story. You have to understand the gay lifestyle. I was single at the time. I was coming off of a relationship. That was another great thing. It was like, oh, I can get out of this fucking town for a little while and not have to see him everywhere I go or not have to be worried about seeing him and heal. More, more importantly, heal. So I moved to Nebraska. They don't even have grinder out there. I'm telling you, it was dark days. I'd open my grinder, it would be the same three queens, the same three queens. And one, like, there were so few people on grinder out there that the closest queen was probably like six miles away. That is abysmal. That is embarrassing. Anyhow, and then one of the queens was my friend Jessica's co-worker. So, you know, slim pickings, slim pickings. So I knew that this was going to be a really hard summer. I knew it was going to be a hard summer with no gay experiences, no queer outlet, not even a bar to go to, no queer friends, I thought. So this was a pivotal moment in my life of being, you know, I don't know. It was just a different time. Coming from LA, you know, whatever. So, and not to mention that this was the per capita, the number one, this is what I was told, per capita was the number one county that voted for Ronald Trump. So I was like, okay, this is going to be, but what I found the people to be really, really lovely. I found the people to be really nice. And eventually I realized of course, they don't use Grindr because nobody's going to download Grindr on their phone because a lot of people are really closeted in that community. So I ended up having a great time, actually, as soon as I found the apps that people were using. You know, it's different in small towns. Anyway, I had a really great time. You know, wink, wink. <laughs> Perhaps too, too much of a good time. Perhaps. Allegedly, perhaps too much of a good time. I won't give you the number, but just imagine and then multiply it by 11. Just kidding. It's just fine. It's fine. I had a great time. But it was a cultural wasteland, a queer cultural wasteland. And then this song came out. I promise there's a point. Then this song came out towards the end of the summer. You have to understand, I was I was desperate for culture. <laughs> I was desperate. The song came out. And um, I listened to it on repeat in my office. I probably annoyed every single person. And I listened to it on repeat. 
I just never got sick of it. Girl, It's Time You Take Back Your Life was very empowering and very meaningful to me. And I was so happy to hear her voice again. She hadn't put out new music. She had done Night in Barclay Square, but she hadn't put out new music sometime with Pet and Geraldine's, as I recall. So anyway, it was really great to hear her voice again. And I listened to the song probably for three days on rotation, like heavily, heavily rotationed and heavily rotated, I guess. And then I was like, oh, who is this beautiful person? Because I was looking at Spotify, I was like reading all about Tori. Amos on Spotify and then the song appeared in the new this week category and I clicked on it and who is right there near her I don't know if it was exactly under her or right by her but this beautifully enchanting album cover called The Lake by this mysterious artist named Macy Rodman and Cloud Riders you know how like she says uh, Silent All These Years ushered in Pretty Good Year which I take to mean she was like playing around with the tempo and the rhythm and the key and the whatever, and it just became pretty good year somehow. It like morphed. Cloud Riders ushered in Macy Rodman's first album, The Lake, to me because I, it was just there with it. So I played it, and that to me, I'm telling you, in a culturally a queer wasteland, a, a wasteland of culture, that middle Nebraska, <laughs> Scotts Bluff, Nebraska is no offense. It has so many other great qualities. The people there are actually really lovely. There's a lot of space. It's cheap. I would live there. I would love to live in Scottsbluff again. However, it is a queer cultural wasteland. It can be both things. And it, it's just what it is. But in that time, I needed Macy Rodman. I needed it. I was so... It was like air. It was like fucking water. Okay. So hearing the lake changed my life. Cloud Riders got me to the lake. And so whenever I think of Cloud Riders, I think of Macy Rodman's first album, The Lake. And I think that everybody should listen to it. I think it's an incredible album. Came out right around the same time. I don't know if it was on the exact same day as Cloud Riders, but it came out at the same time. To me, they're uh, indelibly connected forever. And it helped me to take back my life, girl. I took back my life. I've been working on taking back my life. Taking back your life from whom? Whom are you taking your life from? I was taking my life back from the dark me, the challenged me. I I don't know. I feel like I, as I stand here today, because I'm at a standing desk, so I thought, why am I sitting, leaning, hunched over at my standing desk? I'm going to start standing. Uh, so... I'm taking my, I feel now, February 5th, 2024, that I have taken my life back from just a darker period that I went through, you know? It's, uh, I'm trying to make, Danny Trejo, I posted this on my Instagram because I saw that he said, have a good day, which leads to a good month, which leads to a good year, which leads to a good life. And in January, I'm happy to report, I, I wanted, I have this calendar. I've told you that I put like a little heart whenever I've had a good day. And I had a good day every day in January. And that was much to my surprise looking back on it. And I try to write down like the best part about my day on it as well, if something especially good happens. So seeing that I'd had a good day every day in January made me think like, damn, you know, it didn't used to be like this. And that feeling invaluable, invaluable. And I'm so grateful for that. And I hope that it lasts forever, although I know it can't. But I also know that I'm okay when everything's not okay. And I will be, and I can be, and I have to be. I've got to be, you know? Girl, it's time you take back your life. It's time you are in control of your experience. Fuck yeah. And when Tori said that, I was, and of course, Native Invader is so good, right? But when Tori said that, I was like, fuck yeah. I was ready. I was ready for her to take back her life. And she did. Oh my God, she did. Okay, well, okay, here I am. Well, I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope you have everything that you've ever wanted. And I hope you get it all. That's all.
New Music Monday. I'm very excited to share these songs with you. I hope that you're doing good. I feel, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I need to tell you. Huh. My Fitbit. I, I'm going to start wearing my Fitbit again because my doctor told me, my, don't you love how the doctor, anything, any little thing goes wrong with you and they're like, you need to lose weight. I'm like, I came in here for a broken arm, sir. But yeah, the doctor told me I need to lose weight. Can you believe that? He also told me some other things, which I won't divulge here. So I'm going to start wearing my Fitbit again and I'm going to start doing my 10,000 steps a day. Who cares? Things we've learned that it's time you take back your life. That's the feeling that we could take in today. I think that's what the bag is saying. Girl, it's time you take back your life. Other things we've learned, there's a lot of, there's a lot, there's a lot of dick in Scottsbluff, Nebraska, excuse me. And it's just there for the taking. So go get it. Go get it, girl. Bye.
get your taste out of my mind You pick me up whenever I'm down But when the highway's off, I'm still on the ground Why are all the bad things make it feel good things They hide but never fix things
Never Shut Up is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com. Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. <laughs>